0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Extra Mile Podcast with Commercial Truck Training. My name is Will Brogan, VP of Operations. And this next few weeks we're going to be bringing you a boatload of interviews that we've been compiling over the last few weeks and I suppose even months. And this one's going to get us started in a really unique way. Craig Judge of Nutmeg Truck Centers returns to the podcast The first time since his episode. So, if you haven't listened to that one, uh, go back and check it out. I believe it was from earlier this year. But this time, he is joined by Mark Sullivan, affectionately known as you could probably guess as Sully. And they're going to spend a lot of time talking about one particular market of vehicles that really all of the intricate things that you really need to be specific on in commercial, it ramps up quite a bit with this particular group of vehicles. There's obviously a lot more to it, but that's something that stands out with this podcast. So Ken Taylor's running the show, and we're going to hand it over to him now with Craig Judge and Mark Sullivan of Nutmeg Truck Center.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Extra Mile, the podcast exclusively uh, dedicated to commercial and fleet vehicle sales. And we've got two great individuals with us today first we got uh, a a returning uh, uh person we've interviewed before craig judge who is the uh director of business development at the nutmeg truck centers in connecticut and we have a veteran sales guy that works with craig with us today mark sullivan uh, 30 years am i right mark yes sir 30 years quite a journey oh wow okay and i understand everybody calls you sully Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we're going to call you Sully today then, if that's okay. Great. Oh, awesome. Well, Sully, do me a favor. Give, uh, give a little of your – it's an extensive background, but kind of give us your total background, how you got started, uh, what you sold right up to today.
2: Well, this, this journey started, Ken, in the late 80s. Uh, I went to work for a local car dealership. A friend of mine was a general manager. And I had a blast. I absolutely loved it. Um, but my, I really gravitated toward trucks. I, I love trucks. And with that in mind, I moved to another dealership also in my hometown that was a GMC U.D. dealer. So it, it really whet my appetite for the medium-duty or heavier truck segment, um, which led me to another job in the Hartford area in, uh, you know, medium duty trucks, and, you know, I was very successful at it, and, and I, I absolutely loved it, Ken. It was it was a different world than the car industry, and, and I, I enjoyed it, and uh, there was so much to learn, and the opportunities were so great. Uh, in 1998, I migrated to a uh, severe service dealership in Connecticut, and uh, the journey began in severe service, and Ken, i got to tell you. I absolutely loved it, and it's been in my blood ever since. Uh, I love severe service trucks. The world is so much different in that segment, um, and it's, it's very rewarding, and it's very enjoyable, and uh, it's been a great journey.
1: Oh, outstanding. And, and let our listeners know, uh, you know, some of them might not understand when you say the severe truck industry. Give them a clue on, on what that includes. Well, particularly
2: in our geography, Ken, it would be uh, larger dump trucks, four axle dump trucks, uh, digger derricks, uh, larger septic trucks, uh, and the like, uh, of just a, a variety of vocations uh, that require wow. very specific chassis. Um, certainly nothing that uh, would be considered cookie cutter, to say the least.
1: Uh, excellent. You know, you've, you've, uh, we, we say you've carved out a niche, <laughs> which, is, which is great. Uh, we, rec- we highly recommend that. And uh, real quick, I'm going to get uh, Craig in the conversation real quick. Uh, Craig, uh, give us your, your assessment. Obviously, Sully does a great job. Uh, so give us your overview that you, you highly recommended him for, for our podcast today, and I can absolutely see why. But you want to give us a little insight into some of the things that he does so well? Um, that's a long list. He does a lot
3: of things really well. (laughs) Um, He, um, he actually brings a different perspective into the business for me, which is good because I, I came like he did in the very beginning. I came from the car industry and kind of worked my way up into the medium duty, but that's pretty much where, where my trajectory stopped was at medium duty and Sully got into, into the heavy duty and severe service. And that's actually a part of the business I'm, the least familiar with. So to have his expertise um, you know, at the ready whenever it's necessary is so valuable to the organization. I mean, we we have employees in the company that have been doing it for 20, 25 years. Even they rely on Sully's expertise on a daily basis, wow. Um, wow. Some, sometimes to his detriment because I think he spends a, a good portion of his day helping other people along in their sales process, which... You know, for a guy that's really into sales, can take away a little bit, but I, I don't think he complains. He, I think he, I think he loves that um, <laughs>
1: aspect of the business as well. So, <laughs> well, he's he's got that attitude that we love. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. We talked in the, the last training session that I, I did for the managers about the difference in skill and will. And obviously, Sully has both the skill and the will, <laughs> so that's a rare combination that we'd love to hear. Well, Sully, real quick, uh, kind of uh, a lot of our listeners are going to be on the medium duty to light duty side. Could you kind of give us some idea of how that, you know, Class 8 world and up and severe service side is different from, you know, the light and medium duty world?
2: Yeah, it is vastly different, Ken. <clears throat> I think that the, the, the crux of it is is the, the huge variety of selectable components in the chassis. And, you know, as a severe service truck salesman, you have to identify that customer's vocation and that particular need, and you have to engineer that truck, essentially, to that particular vocation and his particular need. Um. It requires a lot of time. It requires uh, a lot of interaction with the engineering, with the OEM, uh, and it requires a lot of common sense. Uh, You know, you need to visit the customer. You need to see exactly what he does, what he needs to haul in particular, and how he needs to haul it so that you can design that truck for his specific need. Um, I guess the biggest difference Ken is that there's a greater time element involved in a severe service truck. Uh, It's a much much longer process and oftentimes the salesmen don't do their diligence and they don't spend enough time with that customer identifying that particular need and uh, you know the result of that is often catastrophic so you oh, not wow. your I's and cross your Ts and uh, yeah. Yeah, do your diligence because in a severe service segment you know you need to wear two hats you need to be an advocate not only for your dealership and your OEM but for that customer as well so th- that is that's really the major difference.
1: Wow. So I'm going to look at the difference in a a a, 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 a doctor who is a general practitioner and a brain surgeon. <laughs>
2: exactly. That's a great analogy. Uh, because uh, you,
1: you, the last thing you want the brain surgeon to say is, oops. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing you want with a truck because uh, – What's, here's a great question for you, Sully, and then I've got one for Craig. Uh, what would be the average cost of, of let's say, one of the severe service trucks? Given, give us a bulk part uh, that, that someone's paying for that vehicle, uh, which obviously well, is going to make it uh, huge.
2: Well, uh, a typical example, Ken, of what we would do in our dealership would be, let's say that Severe service tri-axle dump truck, uh, you know, with a gross vehicle weight rating of, you know, around seventy six thousand five hundred pounds. That truck, you know, uh, normally with federal excise tax would run, let's say, uh, between one seventy and one ninety. That's one hundred seventy to one hundred ninety thousand dollars. Wow. Um, yeah. So again, that that big dollar amount. Uh, you really need to do your customer. You need to do your diligence and make sure that that truck is correct.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, the single mistake could be huge and, and very so, costly. Oh gosh, yeah. So yeah. wow. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, and and Craig. So uh, I, I'm I'm going to guess that uh, Sully has taken you to school a little bit in in, in these <laughs> severe service trucks. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, it's uh, you, you're playing a different game when you when you're dealing with that kind of truck and that kind of customer because you know one component mistake can be can be a five figure mistake. Wow. Whereas in the in the light duty and the medium duty world, you know a medium duty truck's a medium duty truck, and I and I know that's oversimplifying it, but. In reality, that's kind of what it is. But, you know, to take it even further, Sully's an expert, and I, this is something that was new to me, that certain spec trucks are specific to certain geographic areas. Uh, we've had conversations about, you know, oil trucks, and, you know, I, I he took me to school on oil trucks. You know, there's there's single compartment oil trucks, and there's dual compartment oil trucks, and Certain states like to run dual, and certain states like to run single, and you know that went over my head in about 14 seconds. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's you need you need a guy that not just has the expertise, but has the experience of learning all this stuff. And and I got to tell you, it, as diligent as you may be at wanting to learn your your industry and honing and your craft, that that only comes with time and experience. Yeah. And Sully's so got that, so...
1: Oh, wow. So, Sully, give us an idea uh, geographically as far as how wide your customers are dispersed across the U.S. and, and possibly Canada. <laughs> well, uh,
2: ge- when we talk about geographics and specs, and I'll, I'll go back to that dump truck. That's a uh, It's a pretty good example. Yeah. As far as axle ratings, uh, length of the chassis, length of the body, it varies oftentimes from state to state. Uh, a state like uh, Jacksonville, let's say Jacksonville, Florida, where you are now, uh, a truck may be spec differently. Uh, weight laws may be a little bit different. Uh, there's so many different nuances geographically, Ken. In New England, we need to gear these trucks uh, appropriately because we have a very hilly terrain, obviously. That you don't have in Florida. So oftentimes a truck that may work in the south may not work in the north. Wow. And Good so point. I oftentimes caution buyers that have found a truck in another geography and have allowed me to look at the specifications, I caution them about, you know, two or three or a half a dozen things that I may find on that spec that would not be correct in our geography. It's really important.
1: Very, very it's important. important. Well, great point. Wow. Uh, interesting. It, so, so if, some, if someone's going to get into this segment of the business, uh, what kind of path would you say they need to take as far as you know, introductory, you know, how they get started? Because a lot of our listeners are going to hear, wow, this is great. I'd love to get into this segment of the business.
2: Well, you know, the medium-duty truck, can opens the door. When you spec a medium-duty truck, uh, you are selecting particular components, and the familiarity that you have with those components and where they're placed on that chassis and how one affects the other makes your transition into the severe service segment that much easier. I think that for a new person that's wanting to migrate to the severe service segment, the two things, number one is your mind has to be very open, and number two You can't allow yourself to be overwhelmed because there's so much information, Ken. There's so many components that you have to become familiar with. You need to do it incrementally. And if you do that a little bit at a time and you kind of dedicate yourself to learn a little something every day about those components in that particular chassis that you're trying to design, it makes that transition a lot easier. And that's how I did it. It's always good to have a visual. What I have, when I'm, talking to a relatively new salesman who wants me to talk to him about a severe service truck, I like to stand next to that truck and point at components. This is what this component is. This is what it does. This is why it's placed in that particular location on the chassis, one component affecting another. And it gives that salesman a visual because once you get to the point where you can sit there at your laptop and, and Work with your specking software and and mentally visualize that chassis.
1: You're in a real good
2: place. That's where you want to be.
1: Wow, oh, that incredible advice, and and I can see that. I, I would be. Uh, I'm a checklist guy, and uh, if I were selling severe service trucks, <laughs> I would have a lot of checklists. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh man, so no great advice. So. How how uh, again? How widely are your customers dispersed across the country?
2: My my uh, geography is is really relative to New uh, England. You know, I do not sell okay. a lot of trucks nationwide. You know, it can happen at one point. You know, via our website. You know, which is tremendous. But most of the customers that I deal with are people in our geography. Uh, companies that I'm familiar with, um, I'm familiar with their fleets, um, that type of a deal. Um, that's mostly where the crux of my operation is.
1: Well, I'm I'm guessing, uh, you know, based on my you know background, that your customers have to have an incredible loyalty level to you because they depend so much on your expertise.
2: They do, and and and. I think the the severe service segment you, you're really you're creating that trust and that relationship and it's it's even more vitally important in that segment because this is a very complicated piece of machinery that you're building and that customer has to know that you're dedicated to building that truck correctly and I'll tell you, Ken, what really disturbs me in our industry is a the people that are out there selling severe service trucks who Basically, have no knowledge, and they're they're flying by the seat of their pants. Wow! And when you see that handiwork, when you see that truck that is just not correct, you know my heart kind of sinks because when I finish a severe service truck, it's almost like my child. When I see that truck going down the road, (laughs) just tremendous gratification there because I know that I spent the time to do it right and to do right by that customer, which is going to enhance that relationship
1: and that loyalty. It's very important. Oh, wow. And, and uh, Craig, your thoughts on that side? Yeah, I remember way in the beginning
3: when Sully first came on board, he, he used the analogy of, you know, building these severe service trucks is very similar to the process of if you were to sit down with a custom car builder and spec out a hot rod and build the hot rod. Uh, you know, you're, your soul is kind of in the build. And the process of building these severe service trucks is very similar to that. Do you recall that, Sully, that conversation? Yes.
2: Yes, I do. I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Great analogy. And and so, Sully, as far as uh, marketing, uh, are you doing anything? How do you identify the customers or prospects you'd like to bring on uh, any kind of marketing is a lot of it word of mouth, a referral based so how, how does how does your business grow? well there there
2: is uh, an amount of referrals obviously in in word of mouth business uh, a little bit more in the severe service segment can um, but the beauty of our organization is that we have at our disposal so many sales tools, uh, opportunity to identify customer fleets uh, by age etc so that you can target a particular segment or a customer and go in there and knowing that he has two or three trucks that he may need to cycle out have that advantage so you know we our marketing segment at nutmeg is so strong and it's one of the things that, that really attracted me to the dealership because oh, wow. our marketing and the different specialists that we have in our organization we all interact um Everyone, it's not unusual for me, Ken, even though I've been kicking around this business for 30 years, to take a, a particular spec and show it to another severe service specialist in our organization and say, take a look at this. What do you think? There's always that interaction, and, and that type of, of interaction creates that perfect end product, and that's, and that's what we're dedicated to.
1: Oh, Wow. Well, Craig, speak, up, speak a little bit on your side as the director of some of the marketing things that you guys have done that you think have been uh, very successful. And one thing I'll mention right away, you guys have a great website, but you've also got a great Facebook presence.
3: Yeah, that's uh, the, the social media part of it um, is something that we're spending more and more time on and more attention on. Um, we find that with platforms... Like LinkedIn, um, even more so than Facebook. Yes, that you can really you can really target who your messaging goes to um, far better than you can with any kind of mass media, whether it's truck paper, commercial truck trader, um, any of those platforms. Um, You're kind of hitting a broad audience there. The social media platforms allow you to get very very specific to who you're targeting to. Um, The the challenge on on the on the heavy side and not just in severe duty but even when you get into class 7 and class 8 is that on the medium and the light side it's pretty easy to just stock your yard full of pickup trucks and box trucks it's very difficult to stock a yard full of 200,000 dollar triaxle dump trucks
1: <laughs>
3: you know that's a that's a that's a really quick way to go broke fast yes 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 so it's a little bit different process between how we market the medium side and how we market the heavy side. Although I will say that people's mindsets are changing, and more and more we're finding buyers that, you know, it's that instant gratification, yeah. um, you know, people have grown up now, you know, we've got buyers in the market now that are in their 30s that have never not had a smartphone on a computer. Correct. And for <laughs> for them, a buying process is very, very different than the way it used to be. So it's you. You kind of have to. For us, it's you know. You and I in the last podcast, we were talking about what we see coming down the road in three years and yes. five years. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't think past six months from now because things are changing so fast.
1: Oh, they really are. They really they are. are. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, so Craig, we talked a little bit about this last time as well. Was you know the tools that we use to keep track, to stay organized. And could you uh, address that a little bit as far as you know, what you guys do at Nutmeg? Uh, for me, it's all about CRM. Yeah. Um,
3: you need to have a, in my opinion, you need to have a strong CRM program. Um, it needs to be mandatory for the sales department to be on board. It can't be optional. Um, and that's that's not always easy Um, when you have veterans that have been in the business that are used to doing things on a, you know, a legal pad. It works works for some guys, (laughs) you know, it works Uh. for some guys, but even veterans, and I think Sully would, would attest to this, even veterans who had never been exposed to any kind of CRM platform or any kind of digital platform to keep their day organized and keep their deals organized. Once they get into the ecosystem, they're, they, they see the value in it, and it's pretty immediate.
1: Uh, you are preaching to the choir. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm so glad you said that because we're, we're hitting on that all the time. I can't tell you how often. Uh, we're going to dealerships sometimes for six months, or some as long as one of our dealerships we've been working with for three straight years, which I go quarterly, and getting people to write the stuff down. But once they get in the habit of doing it, I understand what a valuable tool it is. I know we had a great uh, podcast with uh, Tom Metcalf of Telenotes. Um, you know, I, I like what those it. guys. I did see it. I'm sorry. I, I I saw the podcast. I listened to it rather. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what I love about those guys is now they have got a tool where you can just talk and somebody else transcribes. Because you know, the biggest problem when they get back to the dealership and it's like, oh, guys, I don't have time to do that. Uh, so we like what they're doing. Uh, we're finalizing the commercial version of Act with a with a, uh, with a creator out on the, the the Northeast on the Northwest Coast, and uh, guys, we just see how what, what an incredible tool it is, and how it keeps you organized, and how it, it keeps you out of hot water with your customers. You know, you don't forget things. So thanks for bringing that up. That's that's huge, and it's so great to hear. Uh, you know, a sales leader like yourself. Uh, and spousing the use of a, a great CRM. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Sully, I'm going to switch a little bit to the fun side. Uh, so wh- wh- what does a 30-year truck guy do for fun? Well, you know,
2: I, there's a lot of things. Um, I, I really enjoy I have a 67 Mustang, and and that's oh kind my of my gosh. passion. It's my, it's my little red money pit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you know, Ken, and, and I'm sure you'll agree, at, at times in your life you have to disconnect and you have to have that avenue of relaxation, total relaxation. And mine is my Mustang. I get in that car and I don't even turn on the radio, Ken. I just love the way it sounds. It's it's, uh, it's a symphony. And you know, uh, that's my relaxation and, uh, you know, doing the dock diving with my dog and, and, and things like that, you know, getting outside. You know, I unfortunately I can't play golf anymore because I have had too many surgeries. But you know that <clears throat> that type of a thing for relaxation really,
1: really is is my passion. Well, when I'm up in that area next time, I'm going to expect a ride in that '67 Mustang. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's in the body
2: shop right now, so oh. you're gonna give me
1: a <laughs> Oh man! Well, I want you to hold on to that because uh, we did a a little article a little ways back about the uh, a young, uh, not young anymore, but she, she was 19 years old. She went into a dealership and. Uh, was looking for, you know, a, a, a fancy, nice, sporty car, and the salesman took her to the back of the, uh, back into the service area, and he had a car under wraps, and he uh, he uncovered it, and it was the very first year the Mustangs were out, and she uh, loved it, fell in love with it, bought the car, uh, kept it, and then she was up in her, you know, 50s and 60s, and still kept the car, had it, uh, you know, undercover, and saw an article about a guy who uh, bought the fir- uh, the very first Mustang that was ever created. And she said, "Well, wait a minute. I think I bought mine the day before that." And she pulled out her paperwork, and she had bought the first Mustang by one day. And, yes, uh,
2: I'm familiar with that story. That, oh, well, I have good heard that story.
1: Yeah, and she uh, so she took it to have it appraised and they roughly estimated that at auction it would uh it would bring in about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So uh, <laughs> I want you to hold on to that sixty seven because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I intend
2: to cut. <laughs>
1: uh, well, uh for both of you guys and, and Sully, I'll start with you. Sully, any any final words, we're gonna have a our listeners vary from brand new salespeople to our truck industry, uh, right down to the old pros. but for for the, the new guys and gals who are getting into this, uh, uh, what does a 30 a year veteran have to say you know at, a, at what I call coaching tips for those brand new people who are getting into our industry?
2: Ken, I think that you have to understand that it, it is a process and you need to be patient through that process because as I said before, You need to be able to learn something every day, and those are the building blocks for your success. Really, uh, you have to think in terms of about a three-year window where, you know, you get to the point where you're comfortable, and you're comfortable with your spec, and you're comfortable presenting that spec to a customer. You know, I started 30 years ago, you know, driving from place to place with a, a pocket full of coins for the payphone, and I've seen things go a lot farther uh, you know, and, and one thing, and Craig's kind of helped me out with this. We, we really became friends pretty quickly when I joined the dealership. Even at my advanced age, Ken, Craig allowed me to, to uh, access all the tools that we have in our modern technology. And, and so many people who are older in the industry will not do that. And, and it's unfortunate because it only creates a, a, a better sales environment. And it makes your job easier, uh, let's face it. And either you're going to embrace that technology or you're going to be riding in the back of the wagon. So wow. you know, I have Craig to thank for that. And uh, I am not the best, but uh, I'm certainly not the worst. And it has made things so much easier
1: for me. Oh, wow. That's, and that, that incredible endorsement, because you know, we preach that all the time. You know, A, a laptop computer is not a doorstop. And uh, and a CRM system is not something you avoid at all costs. It is your best friend. So good. Well, Craig, uh, you've done uh, you've done such a great job of being a true sales manager. Because so often we go into operations where. The manager is more operations-oriented, and the salespeople are kind of left on their own. But one of the things that pressed me in, in talking to your people is the time you spend with them, the development process you do. Um, I'd love for you to give a couple of tips real quick to the sales managers who are out there. What are some of the things that you think are so important that they should be focused on?
3: Um, first and foremost, you have to ask yourself a question. Um, if you're an existing sales manager, you have to ask, are you a manager of stuff or are you a manager of people? Are you helping your sales team or are you just administrating all day? Um, and even I find myself, I, you know, this, this business is it's paperwork heavy and, you know, the, even the marketing side is, is a full-time job and I try to take on as much of that as I can. But you have to be in constant communication with your team every day, and Sully will attest that I would say three times a week we're on the phone with each other at seven thirty eight o'clock at night, just kind of throwing ideas around and recapping our day or sometimes complaining about somebody you know it's you know we're we're human um but it's, you. there's a very big difference between managing things and managing people, and not everybody can do both. Um, so recognizing where your weaknesses are, if you're not spending enough time with your people, you're not doing yourself any justice and you're not doing them any justice. So um, communication is big, but the, the big advice I will give just to kind of piggyback on the last topic that, that we talked about was, The first week Sully worked for our company, um, we had just kind of rolled out our CRM program. And I I had a list with two columns, and it was on one column was the people I knew that would be on board, and the other one was the column that I knew they were going to struggle with. And I had Sully in the struggle category. And when the CRM thing came, I walked him through it, and he made a statement to me that was so valuable. He said, "I will not let myself become obsolete."
1: Wow! And I knew statement. right
3: there, I knew right there that he was the guy. So, and to be honest with you, he is one of our best adopters into all of the technology that we have, and we are a very tech-heavy company. So,
1: kudos to him. Um, outstanding, and and that is going to lead us to a another podcast that you and I are going to do, Craig, and that is one on. Affected sales management, so just be thinking along those lines when you and I talk again so uh, great advice and, you know it's, it's you um, you 're a symbol of what we teach you know when and you 've been to both of the, the sales management classes that we 've done you know it 's all about the people and it 's all about the focus on the people, and the guys get so caught up and uh, and what I love about you is you're systematic, and I mean that as a huge compliment. You're know, you going to do the same things that you know get results, and you're going to focus on them, and you're not going to let them go, and so many people slip in those things. So uh, my kudos go to you for you know what you've done and the type of sales management that, that you and Spouse is the model that we teach. So uh, way to go, man. I mean, that's, that's just awesome true, stuff. Well, guys, thank you so much. I know how valuable your time is. Uh, what's for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> that should be determined. <laughs> okay. Well, Craig, I want you to take Sully out to someplace really nice because he's earned it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still haven't had a ride in that Mustang myself, so we'll have to. Put well, there, that you in the there you go. There you go. We need to get Sully. We need to get that thing out of the shop like uh, asap. Okay. <laughs> And I will. I will
2: effort that, Ken. I promise.
1: Well, great. Well, guys, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, I I had a lot of fun. I hope you did, and I know our audience learned an incredible amount. Sully, uh, thank you so much, Craig. As always, uh, you know, you and I have become pretty good friends, and really appreciate you and and all you bring to the table. So, thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank thanks so you, much Ken. for the opportunity, Ken. Oh, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, go
0: sell some drugs there you go another episode of the Extra Mile podcast in the books in interview form I'd like to personally thank Craig Judge and Mark Sullivan for joining us today Discussing a lot about that severe truck market, I think there's a lot of principles that uh, those two talked about that could be applied really across the commercial and fleet industry. And, of course, as you get, uh, as they explain, larger and larger in vehicles, uh, both in terms of size and, of course, in price, the specifics get greater and greater, which means even more attention to detail. And they pointed that out, I thought, very, very effectively. So thank you, gentlemen, for really setting that great example. We will be back again very soon with another great edition, an interview edition of the Extra Mile Podcast. So thank you so much for joining us for this edition, and we'll see you soon.